Um, but with that being said, and with that being said, we're good. And with that being said, with that being said, I am. that being said hey guys welcome to our five is one podcast and with that being said here with my co-host gerald foster what's up guys and he has brought the whole dang offensive line brought the boys from the huskers i brought the boys yeah no i'm excited man i got uh i got two of the guys that i was happily uh able to play with we we showed up in nebraska at the same time we were able to do all the stuff uh from waking up at four so we could get to our five o'clock AM practices, trying to somehow get in, you know, all of our football with all of our social time, with all of, uh, all the academics. Uh, maybe I should have put academics first, but, uh, you know, we, we, we tried, we, (laughs) we tried as much as we could. The guys we got on right now, Cole Conrad and Nick Gates. How's it going? Glad to be here. What's up guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. Hey, Gerald, real quick, these guys, the reason we got them on is not only just because they, uh, they're they close with you, they bled with you, they were Huskers, you guys won a lot of ball games, but we need to get down to the truth of who Gerald Foster really is. So I figured we might bring in some of your old compadres and, and maybe Nick and Cole could, could throw a little bit out there to, to let the audience know who you really are. That I'm a good guy, right? That I'm the best guy. I'm one of your favorite people to be around. Humble, beautiful, all those good things. Say all the good things, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it, Gerald. We get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't know, how my, I don't know if I'm going to be able to say too much on, uh, on the air here, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be PC clean, but uh, I'll try my best. Let's uh let, let's start this off. Uh starting with Cole. Uh just give us your little background. Uh tell us where you grew up, how you ended up getting to Nebraska. Yeah, sure. Um so grew up in Nebraska, um, born and raised in Fremont, Nebraska, kind of a smaller town, um, about 30 minutes from Omaha, um, about 50 minutes from Lincoln. Um, I don't know, grew up playing all, you know, basically every sport that I could. Love playing sports, basketball, baseball, football. Um, growing he up, I wasn't much of a baseball player, though. <laughs> you wouldn't want to face me on the mound, I'll tell you that. Golly, wait, wait. so, so I, what it I'm would not. be, it would be Cole at bat, Gates pitching. Yeah, Who's gonna hit it? I'm, Is he get? I'm blowing this man by, <laughs> whatever, man. This man ain't touching it. You got a wet noodle for an arm, you yeah, got a wet nine, noodle 93 miles an hour. You wouldn't touch it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't, honestly. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but keep going. <laughs> no, you're good. And with that being said, um, no, I like I said, I just grew up playing all the sports, tried to try to get involved as much as I could. Um, I, I thought, honestly, that I was going to play, you know, uh, baseball or basketball. That was kind of my sports, you know, in middle school and, and kind of like my early years of high school. Um, but once I hit – once I hit, once I got to high school, I was like 250 pounds. Big like, bodies. I was, yeah, I was the biggest kid. 250, very unathletic. What do you say? We keep. You're chirping. Quit chirping me. 
but uh no i went to i got to high school and i was i went to a, like a smaller private catholic school um in fremont uh fremont bergen um and so we weren't that big i, I graduated with like 28 guys uh kids um so like i said a smaller school um and i just kind of you know was the biggest one of the bigger guys you know in school so um i just naturally kind of gravitated towards you know offensive defensive line and I was just kind of that was just who I was going to be you know there wasn't a way or any way around it um I was always a bigger kid and then um you know just played all through obviously high school football basketball did a little track um but always knew that football was you know where my heart was and my passion um just love the game of football um and so my senior year rolled around. I wasn't getting any, you know, big looks, you know, just kind of the smaller, you know, D2s, um, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, um, things like that. And then um, got offered to walk on in Nebraska, and it was just a no-brainer for me, you know. Um, Nebraska kid growing up, you know, you, you hear the story all the time, you know, it's the Nebraska kid, you know, going to going to games, you know, my, I remember having, you know, going with my dad and, um, you know, his buddies down to Lincoln when I was a kid and, and watching, you know, going to Nebraska games and always wanted to go out on the tunnel and play for the Huskers. Um, so just kind of your typical, um, you know, Nebraska, growing up in Nebraska kid wanting to go to Nebraska. And I got um, offered a preferred, you know, walk on and, and took it. And um, yeah, that's kind of where kind of where I met these guys and kind of kind of molded. Um, I don't know. At first, I think that, you know, as a walk-on and scholarship guys, you're kind of not divided, but I guess in a way you kind of are, you know, you get, um, you know, you just kind of are divided a little bit, but I kind of gravitated, gravitated towards Nick and Gerald and tried to um, be around those guys as much as I could. Cause I didn't want to, you know, necessarily hang around some of the walk-ons that were just there to party and have a and have a Nebraska jersey on you know I wanted to actually play um and contribute so I kind of gravitated towards those guys and yeah we had a hell of a ride it was a fun fun five years it was kind of a crazy time down there but it was a lot of fun so that's kind of my kind of my journey yeah no it was amazing it was amazing we had way too much fun right we're not gonna talk about all the fun we had we we can't talk about all the fun we had uh Gates Give us your uh, breakdown for your history. How did you find yourself uh, in Nebraska? All right. I don't know how I'm going to follow that up. It was pretty good, Cole. Good, uh, good little story. Um, no, so I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I actually didn't play football until high school. but So I was a baseball player my whole life growing up, ever since I was like three, four years old, which I think baseball players make the best athletes later on down the line. I think they could do all, all, all sports. But um, – so I started there, played baseball competitive since I was like eight years old on travel teams, and then started playing for my uh, high school uh, Legion team in the summer. And then once that rolled over to high school, I was playing uh, high school ball. But so I wasn't actually going to play football because the baseball coach wouldn't let me play two sports while he was there because we had like my school. So I went to Bishop Gorman, the private Catholic school out here. It's pretty, pretty well known school. The big yeah. But all our sports, football, basketball, baseball, they're, they were all ranked top 10. I think one or two of the years I was there. So, like, they're all competitive. So, the baseball coach wouldn't let you play. But he ended up taking a job at a, a community college here that's well-known for, like, producing MLB players. So, once that happened, all the football coaches came up to me, like, hey, you got you know, you to come out and play. 
So I was like, all right, I've always wanted to play. My mom never let me just because she didn't want me to get hurt playing baseball. And so that, ever since that happened, I just, you know, if I, uh, I started to, you know, I didn't like it at first, to be honest with you. It, uh, I'd much rather play baseball, but, you know, just being the bigger kid and just being able to move, I feel like you know, I was like 250 pounds at that time, just being able to move. And they're obviously like, all right, you're going to D-line or O-line, D-line. So they tried me at D-line. It wasn't that good. I suck at D-line, ain't going to lie. Didn't play much. Try to stick me at the D end. I don't do too well, but um, then O line worked up, and then um, so that uh, yeah, I had what about twenty six offers coming out of high school. Um, I think my top five was like uh, Texas A M, Arizona, uh, Nebraska, mm-hmm. Alabama, and then Oregon. And uh, I liked all of them, but Nebraska just stuck out. It was just different. I don't know. Whenever I came on this trip here, I felt like it was home. I think Gerald had a good good portion to do with that. I was, was about to uh, say. Was, yeah, I was going to say, I, I had to throw a little something, right? I, I gave a little bit, you know, here and there. We were both at the All-American game together. We got to vibe, got to have fun with each other, yeah. things like that. I kept nudging you like, hey, bro, come on. Come on, bring it over. Bring it over to Nebraska. Hurry up and start. Where, where, where did I think I was going to go with that? It was like Oregon or something like that, right? Yeah, it was Oregon. It was Oregon. Oregon or U of A, I couldn't remember. But then I ended up choosing Nebraska. I just loved it. I don't know. I felt like at home there. It just felt different about something going to Nebraska. And just also just the tradition they had with linemen. Just that's what you kind of hear, you know. Just growing up, and I wasn't really much into football growing up. I was more baseball, but you still hear them back in the day of, you know, their offensive line and how good they are. So they produce, you know, pretty good offensive linemen. So that's kind of what drew me there. And just just when I got there, I felt at home. So that's kind of how I ended up in Nebraska. And then I met these guys, and you know, they've they're both their families have taken me in, and they, uh, you know, I felt like I was another one of their kids every time I'd go over to their house. So, you know, for the four years I was there, so I appreciate them and their family. So it was awesome. So you know. Have the tr- made the transition pretty easy. <clears throat> Guys, so we played in Nebraska, right? We played there uh, through the years 14, 14, 18, 14, 18, 19, whatever you want to throw it yeah. in. Um, if you guys were to be able to play at Nebraska now or play the years that we played, which would you pick? I'd pick yeah. the years we picked. We played. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – like I said, I kind of touched on a little bit with my story or whatever. It was kind of a, it's kind of a wild ride. I mean, like being able to, you know, looking back on it, you know, having three different head coaches is, is not ideal, right? Like nobody ever, yeah. that. but being able to learn from three different coaching staffs and having three different minds, you know, having three different kind of angles looking at, you know, offensive line play and, you know, had three different strength and conditioning coaches, um, you know, a couple of nutritionists, but just to grab, you know, pieces from all those, all those people that, that played a part in it was kind of cool. So, I mean, you just, you, you, you know, you get, you take what you take, what you get, you know, and you try to yeah. make the most out of it. So it was, <clears throat> I, I ain't gonna lie. I think that helped me in the league because there's a lot of inter switching coaches and stuff in the league. So being able to get used to that in college and just, I've never had a problem with coach liking me and being coachable and likable. So like, I feel like that just kind of helped me go to the league because I've had five offensive line coaches since I've been here. Like it's, it's been crazy. So I, I, I haven't been able to get used yeah, to one, you know, my fifth year in the league. So like, it's crazy. So I feel like that helped me kind of be able to adapt and be able to take mm-hmm. things from different coaches and be able to put them into my everyday game and kind of use their technique from, you know, each different people. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd you know, much rather pick where, where we played. I don't know. 
The I only reason, any time else, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it'd be weird to try to go play it. You know what I mean? The only uh, reason why I say it was because the NIL deals, right? I mean, how much <laughs> money, bro? How much money did we leave on the table? No, you didn't, didn't say that. that. I mean, you didn't. I thought you were just that, talking about coaches. Like, <laughs> Of course, yeah, I was good you, might, though. you probably hey. would have got paid a shit ton. Oh, I'm sorry. You probably got paid a lot, Gerald, just because you're a Nebraska boy and how big you were. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I probably, I don't think I would have made that much money. Yeah, we may need to open this one up here, Gerald. Like, you're the hometown hero around there. You know, Ooh, you, know, you walk all, around there and everybody knows who he is. Like, he is a man. Be, now, Gerald I would say, Foster. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Set by Nick Gates. We were walking. I, I was just in New York, uh, Jersey, the that area. Gates has to wear. A, he's got a hoodie on. He's got sunglasses. This dude's trying to trying to hide around corners. <laughs> Let me tell you, every single person. It didn't matter where we went. They're like, oh, Nick Gates. Okay, come on. I was like, we don't have to wait in line. Nah, you don't have to wait in line. You got to pay. Nah, we ain't got to pay. We did whatever we wanted out there. I, I just love that you say that. I, I I'm the guy. You know. For for Nick Gates, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's not like that. He's he's (laughs) he's being dramatic. It was I. All right. Well, Cole. Next time, you already know. I was so sad that you weren't able to be out there with us. So next time, we'll all be together and we're gonna have a vibe. Love that. Hey, real real quick, just talking about the money in in ball right now. I mean, it's insane. Like I've heard some NFL guys kind of looking at some of these college guys and saying, look, look at all the endorsement deals that guys are getting. And if you're kind of a hometown kid, or if you're a star, typically it's not going to be the big boys up front. You know, it's going to be your marquee players, your, your quarterbacks, your running backs, your receivers. But I'm hearing more and more of, of those guys turning down NIL money and, and passing it out to the O-line a little bit more. And that's kind of cool to see, you know, the marquee players that they know they're going to go on and they're going to get the big contracts, but they understand like guys like the O-line or maybe the walk-on that needs a little bit of something to help them get through. I think that's really cool to see some of the star players doing some of those things. I think there were some, the tight end from Georgia, I think just turned down a bunch of money and spread it out and said, don't give me my NIL money, give it to guys that need it that aren't getting anything. So, you know, you probably saw all different ranges, Nick, when you were at Bishop Gorman, you know, you had kids that were paying the full boat of tuition and then others that were on a lot of financial aid. Um, you know, and I just don't know how that played when you were at Gorman, but also being at Nebraska, how would that thing be completely flipped now? Yeah, I don't know. That's uh that is true. These kids are getting paid outrageous numbers. I'll tell you that though. They're making more than some guys in the NFL, which is crazy. You're in a minimum deal. There's, it's, it's almost better to stay in college if you think you're only going to be in a minimum deal. The pros only making like seven, not only, but seven fifty. Like some of these guys are making one, two, three million dollars in the league or in college. It's, it's crazy. But it is nice to have those guys, you know, spread the money out. They're being, you know, considerate. You know, they know they're going to make more. So it is a, it is pretty cool to see that though. Oh yeah, <clears throat> no, it definitely is. Um, touching on the NFL stuff. Uh, Jaime, uh, Jaime and I, we both, we, we teetered with the NFL. You know, we, we got to look at it from, from a, a far lens. Gates, you got to be out there playing against all these big boys, all these guys. Uh, if you were to sum it up, <clears throat> what would you say is the biggest uh, difference, the biggest difference from college play to the, to the league? Everybody's good. It is crazy. Like, you got to think there's no scrubs out there. There's no nobody. You know, sometimes in college, like, 
you'd play whatever. Who would have Michigan? Some yeah, selection. Michigan. Like yeah, a Michigan. No, not Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 like a Michigan. <laughs> no, like a Bethune Cookman or something like that. And you know, the yeah, yeah. Years, like there's there's none of that. It doesn't matter what team, what like what week. There is a dog in front of you. That guy is a man. Like he is that dude. So I think that's probably the biggest thing. Is everybody's good, and then just probably the speed of the game. It's just everybody's quick. Everybody knows what to do. Everybody's just been playing so long. I think some of these guys have been playing 14, 15 years. Like, they've seen everything there is to see. Like, I've only played five years, and I feel like I've seen a lot of football. Like, I can't imagine playing three times longer than I have. Like, they've seen it all. So, it's just, yeah, just, yeah, the, yeah, the players. For, for, yeah, you're talking about players. I mean, we all have played against some crazy guys, right? Uh, what would oh, I yeah. – I would have to say uh, that when we played against Tennessee, that was insane. To go yeah, that man, that man beat my ass. That's the worst game <laughs> of my college career. He uh, Damn. he put a he put a bib on me and burnt my ass. It was bad. <laughs> if you uh, if you guys, both of you two, thinking about our college, uh, college NFL, whatever you want, going into the and Jaime too, yeah, going into the guys that you guys played against. Uh, who do you guys say is the best guy you guys got to go against? Uh, Derek Barnett for sure is my my. Uh, Number that's your one. Achilles. That's your Achilles heel for that. Yeah, that was yeah, just that's just, a one time, one time. Yeah, but I just got to go with him. Like he just he had me flustered all game. It was wild. So I haven't really talked about it much since since it happened. It's like something <laughs> I just tuck in, put it put it behind me. I don't I don't bring. You don't want to bring it up. Uh-oh. Bury the hatchet, Uh-oh. Cole. That's, what would you say? I mean that that that'd probably be my mind too. Honestly, I mean I was uh, I was playing right tackle then. Um, I wasn't, he wasn't on me. Um, he didn't slide over to my side that much, you know, but I think I gave up a sack that game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that was, it wasn't my. He was, uh, he was trying to break the sack record for Tennessee. Reggie White's like, he had needed, he had 32, he needed 33. I was just, I ain't gonna lie, I'm happy to get it on me, Cole. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they celebrated, like, it was like third. Yeah. It was like in the third, and they're just celebrating on the field. We're like, okay. we're, da- we're down by what? We're down by we're down by what? And in their ears back the whole time. It's like, yeah. all right, come on, boys. The thing is, I mentioned they kicked play- out the game. He punched. Remember, he punched us. We're yeah, play- we're playing at Tennessee. The, I remember the first the in first the, possession uh, we go out there, and we're backed I'm up. Like, I can't, like I can't. Five hear them. I'm just like down my stance. I thought that was a bowl game. I was like, this is a home game right now. We're going yeah, they were loud. We didn't work on any head bobs or anything. Like it was, that was the worst. Like yeah. that silent count we had. But I don't know what the heck that was. Well, that was the worst part. Was like I don't know how our coaches didn't understand. We're playing a Tennessee. We're playing Tennessee in Tennessee. That this is going to be their home game, and we get out there and mm-hmm. that what they were talking about. We get out there. We're backed up to like the five, right? Yeah, was- and maybe maybe like the three, the three, maybe the three. We're backed up and. Their crowd is right behind us. I mean, almost the whole place was, oh, it was and we can't hear a thing. And we're all looking at each other like, all right, we don't have a snap. We we haven't practiced silent or anything like that. So we were just screaming at each other down the line, hoping that everybody could hear it. That was a yeah. mess. It was a mess. <laughs> and I was asking for Chip help, and they wouldn't help me. I was like, I need help. <laughs> help. help me. <laughs> help me. Oh, man. <sighs> When, throw when, it, throw you guys it. Play, so did you guys play for you guys played for Riley, Coach Mike Riley, right? Yeah, we did. We had one year for Polini and 
three for Riley, and then they had one for Frost. Okay. Because I, I played for I played for Mike Riley at USC. He used to be the offense coordinator at okay. SC when I was playing. And uh I, I love Mike Riley. He he's uh he, I got to see him a bunch this past year. He's coaching in the USFL. He's with the New Jersey Generals in the USFL and everybody that runs into Mike Riley or or has had an experience with Riles just absolutely loves him because the players just love how much how approachable he is, you know, and and you know, I know that it didn't go as well as people would have thought at Nebraska. Uh, but I think he's one of the most respected coaches in the game, whether it be pro ball or college ball. And uh, I just wanted to kind of follow up on Coach Riles and your experience. You guys get any uh, good Coach Riley, golly gee stories or anything out there that, you know. <laughs> when, uh, when he made us, uh, <laughs> when he made us do the hip hip hoorays. We were like, what is going on? We were like, this isn't right. He still he still does that with the guys in the USFL. I saw him in the locker room busting it out. That is the one thing. If I ever hear anybody that that coach for coach or play for coach Ryan, my hip hip and they're golf. Here we go. It's funny. Oh man. I say the best. I gotta lie. We have I got him to say. One time, that man's never cussed in his life, so it had to be at me too. That was the thing. <laughs> you remember we ran that trick play, and it was Kyron. I forget who was out there. It was the reverse out to. I was supposed to run out and like kind of swoop back, and it was a reverse out to. Who was it? Uh, Western Camp. No, Jordan Western Camp. Uh, Jordan. And I hit Kyron. I don't know. I was pissed that he hit somebody earlier that day, so I just hauled off and. Wow. I hit him, and then Red Coach was like, hey, we can't do that shit around here. And I was like, oh, this man really just cussed at me. I know he's so mad. <laughs> yeah, when you pull out when you pull out curse words, the guy, he, he literally doesn't have it in his lexicon. He's, oh. he's searching, trying to figure yeah. out how to even curse. That, that means you, you put him into – you put him in a different kind of anger. You, you yeah. at least get to say that. <laughs> you're you're the, the new highest level. He probably still tells that story to people. Don't make me get upset like I did against – uh, Nick Gates. Gates. Oh, Nick yeah. Gates. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, that just reminds me that uh, in the Riley staff, how much fun we have with Coach Cav. Oh, Cav is the man. I love it. I still talk to him today. I it's do crazy. too. Yeah. I love that man. <clears throat> yeah. Coach uh, Mike Cavanaugh. He was, uh, he was our O-line coach. Guy has, uh, he's, he's been coaching for years. One of the, one of the legends out there that's still doing the thing up. Uh, he was he was one of the people that not only, you know, for who I am as a football player, as a coach, he, he helped me out being the man that I am today. So just being able to have somebody like that. And that, that that's one reason why I feel so comfortable being out with all these guys and trying to trying to coach them up just because I want to give somebody inspiration. or I want to give somebody, you know, that like that little piece that even if they don't put it on the field, they could just be a better person. And uh, Cav was one of the guys that I, I feel like really set me up for it. I know but, a lot of guys in the industry and Cav's one of the most well-respected coaches around. I've just gotten to know him, you know, clinics and on the road recruiting. 
And I, I haven't heard one player say anything negative. Cole, you got any Coach Cav stories or anything out there? No, no I mean, he was I, – I was just thankful from him because, I mean, obviously we had the most time with – uh, Riley's staff, right? And he was the one that gave me the opportunity, you know, and believed in me from the get-go. So I just, I really appreciate, you know, everything that, you know, he did for me, my confidence and stuff and, you know, being a walk-on kid and, um, you know, giving me the confidence to get out there and play. You know, I just, yeah, I respect the, respect the hell out of him. And it was a fun, fun getting coached by him for sure. Yeah. Coach Cav, I think he, uh, he would instill the, the five is one tag, right? Uh, for, for you guys, uh, just to kind of explain the whole thing, right? Five is one is pretty much just us being able to understand that O-line's different. We're different than everybody else because we're all getting judged by the guy that's to our left and our right. And it doesn't matter how good you do if the O-line doesn't do well together. Now, five is one tag really does like it brings it together to say, uh, even if, you know, <clears throat> I got four guys all working together and everything's looking good, I got a, a, a weak chain um, or how we have it as a weak finger uh, that can break my hand while I'm going in for that punch, right? Uh, if you guys were to say that five is one, what, that does it feel like that, that kind of associates with how you guys think football is for the O-line position? Yes, yeah, definitely. If you got all the all five guys are on the same page, you're screwed. Like you literally, it's crazy how how everybody can do their job perfect. And if somebody messed up one one or one person messes up, it's the whole thing messed up. It's crazy. Yeah. So there's no other position that happens. Like running back, they can mess up and they can still make a play with the ball and, and redeem themselves. Or quarterback, they can do the same thing. Like it's the whole line's the only position that it, it doesn't. If one person does wrong, you're all screwed. So. That's literally probably the definition of O line is is five yeah. one. So yeah, that's a good good way to put it for sure. I think like I've been using it in my coaching just as a kind of as a, a buzzword or a term, you know. And you guys have probably all heard it from a high school or college or a pro coach talking about it. But there's no other position than O line that plays a sport with a ball it's the only position that doesn't look at the ball like everybody else, you know, is the receivers looking at the ball, the running backs, the, everybody on defense, everybody watches the ball. The only people that aren't are the O-line and the O-line's family because they're watching you guys play. It's like, exactly. there's that, there's that trust factor. It's like, I got to do my job because I don't want to let anybody else down on the rest of the group. Yeah. And that's why I just love coaching offensive line and been doing it. And, you know, when we're all done playing where, whether, whether that happens in college or pro or however long when it's done, there's just something you miss that camaraderie, that group. And it's cool to see you guys still have that relationship for all the times that you bled together for all the good times, all the bad times, all those silent cadence jump off sides. And man, we got to just fight through this thing, man. Yep. And, but it's all those memories and and it's cool to see you guys reconnect. Oh yeah. No, I'm always happy to be able to talk to my boys. Yeah, we all. Yeah, okay. I think like we stayed. We stayed uh, pretty linked up pretty well. We all try to see each other. So like, we don't go more than a year without seeing each other, which I think is pretty good. Oh, yeah. definitely. That's that's definitely. I mean, and I, I would say that's probably O lines around the nation, right? There, oh, it's yeah. just a relationship that you. It, it's closer than any other position. Uh, <clears throat> understanding each other's weaknesses makes you even stronger, right? 
You might or find just, that you know, somebody... play next to somebody that you just like. Me and Gerald used to have to talk. Like we would just play next to each other. Like it's just being able to do that. Like I just you don't just do that with anybody. Like I don't feel like other positions really do that. I don't know if it's a quarterback wide receiver type duo, but like, I don't know. Alignment. Like you gotta feel each other and play with each other, have confidence with each other. It's different. It's like it's oh different. yeah, yeah. When you, you get trust to the somebody point. else to do half of the job, and you can't control that half. Like you just gotta do your half and fucking. Oh my bad. That guy next to you, you gotta make like he you just gotta trust him to do the other half. Like there's no other position that does that. Yeah, and you get to the point where you just you just have to look over at him and give him a head nod and they know, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, you, you look over flip your post oh. and I used to gallop and we just to take hits out. Yeah, Boom. kill them, baby. We're killing people yeah. as many times as we can. Um get Cole pulled so. around on a little Titans. Yeah, Cole. <laughs> Coley moving around, got the, got the booty all in the air, doing everything he can to get out there. Yeah, big It's I mean, it's truly like a. It's just it is like it's cliche, you know. But I mean, it's a brotherhood. It truly is. Like it's just it, it's ugly. It's there's I mean, you know, you know, it's down. I mean, you just it's ugly. You know, it's nasty. You're down in the trenches. You know, you're just it's a it's a brotherhood. That's that's the only way to put it, really. And so you just you get close you know, down in those trenches. And it's just, I don't know. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Gerald, who's the best player you played against? We, we, have, we got the, we got the Tennessee. Yeah, we game. Who, who, who you got? Best player I played against. Uh, I probably had to give it to Jonathan Allen. Ooh. Having to go against that guy every single day. Ooh. God bless. I was, a, it was like, it was cool at first. Right. I was like, wow, I'm playing against, a really good player. I got, I'm getting great snaps. You get to day like 10, you know, day 30 comes around and you're like, this guy keeps doing this to me. And you're there. There's just a point where you're like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> he, he, he's turning it down. If you get it, if he gets in there, you can't do anything about it. Oh yeah. No, definitely. That's, uh, That's how I broke my leg. He sucked that thing in there and I got up on one leg and said, Ugh. Well, that's what I was about to go into, right? Uh, yeah. For O-linemen, we, we all have injuries. Um, in college, I had an MCL tear. That was, that was hard for me. Uh, trying to come back and get myself back on the field, it was a lot. Um, for, for everybody here, I know you guys know what it's like to have a jam, broken hand, you know, high ankle sprain that you just got to act like it's not there you know, your knee, you're like, oh, well, my knee doesn't feel good all week. Now I'm about to play this game. If you guys were to go into your injuries, uh, starting with Cole, because Gates has – he's got a story, right? Uh, starting with Cole, what injury would you say uh, was one of the harder things to come back from? Um, I mean, I don't know. I was I was banged up here and there. Um, obviously, you know, sprains, knees and ankles. and I, But I, I told my – labrum um and had to get my ac joint worked on my right shoulder had surgery and stuff like that so that was i mean anytime you you know you get surgery and you have to recover from something that is you know it's tough it sucks um but yeah probably my shoulder just coming back from that and just kind of i mean obviously you guys know just like getting back in the groove of the thing getting back into football shape that was probably the worst thing um when I was, you know Coming back from that, it was right when Riley's staff left and when when Scott's um, staff came and we were running a whole different offense, running the running the fast-paced offense. And I was just like, 
I was out for basically all spring ball and I came back and I was just like, holy shit, like this is different type of speed that they're having us go at. And I was just sucking wind. So yeah, getting back into football shape and, you know, that mental side of it too, you know, obviously, um, you know, just, just trying to, to, you know, get better every day, you know, it just yeah. kind of means you're going to be down. So. Well, there's that point where, you know, you're in your head, you're like, I am as good as I was when I, when I got hurt. But you always got that voice in the back of your head that's like, are you sure? Are you <laughs> are you completely honest that you're you're at 100 percent and you got to be able to fight that battle with yourself going into every single practice and all this stuff? I mean, that that, that wears on you and that that uh, it's not easy. And for all the people who have gone through injuries, they understand that, you know, mm-hmm. you want to say I'm at 100, but you just you'll never feel exactly how you did before that tear that sprain break whatever it was uh gates for your injury let's hear the story all right so let's uh start um 2021 week two i uh snapped my tibia and tibia in half i uh broke my tibia in two places so when i happened i heard a crack crack pop and so then like next thing i was just on my back uh my leg was up in there it was just flopping around i I always laugh like i just like I think it was like a windshield wiper, like kind of like just going back and forth uh, out there now that I like look back on it. But um, yeah, so I broke my tibia, fibia. Uh, I got taken to the hospital. I was there for two weeks. And uh, in that time there, I had uh, five surgeries done. So one was to put a, a nail, which is just like a rod down my tibia to, to get it all to be able to heal. And then um, after that surgery, I got compartment syndrome, So it's, which is your leg swells. And, uh, like, if the, if the swelling has nowhere to go, it pushes, like, up your muscles, makes your muscles push up against fascia, and the fascia only stretches so far. So they have to go in and just cut the side of your leg uh, open and kind of just let the swelling go. So I have, like, a, a, a incision from by an inch above my ankle to about three inches below my knee. And uh, they just had to let that heal, and that took about 11 or 12 days for them to get it almost closed all the way. So they just had to go every couple of days, little by little, closing it. And then they got to a certain point where they couldn't close it anymore. So in athletes, they put the, for athletes, it helps. They put a piece of shark skin. It's a uh, it's shark skin. So they put it between your muscles and then like they put a skin graft on top of that. So I had to get a skin graft um, put on that. So they put that shark skin in there and then they put the skin graft on top of that. So the, their muscle, when the muscle fires, your skin isn't firing too. So it has like a little more, more little bit more mobile, Wow. A little bit more <laughs> mobility. There we go. And, uh, We're getting words. And the skin, so it moves around. So, and then, uh, so that was six surgeries altogether, actually. And then I had one, I had a, about six months after my last, uh, my sixth surgery, I had to get a, I had an infection in my tibia where, and it wasn't healing all the way on the inside. So it was throwing good bone on the outside, but the inside wouldn't heal. So I couldn't do a lot of like things I was supposed to do by that time in my recovery. So they did a CAT scan, found that out. So they had to go in and pull the rod out and clean out the middle of the bone and do do whatever they had. They, I, I forget exactly all they did, but they have like a drill, like a brush, and they, they just, you know, kind of just clean out the middle of the bone with water. And then they put another rod down the middle of it and then uh, closed me back up, and that was my last surgery. And then just the rehab process, that, uh, that process was crazy. That was, uh, it was a big journey. I learned a lot of things about myself and, like, mentally just you know be able to push myself along the ways when the days are you know get tough and i'm like i don't know if i can do this this hurts like 
just having to push through it and just say, you know, you're going to have shitty days. And, you know, I didn't have too many of them, but I think that was because my, I had, I had a pretty good, uh, like, mental, like, I was, my mentals were pretty good. I had a positive, like, thoughts. I wasn't too negative. There's only a couple of times where I was like, I'm done with this, I'm quitting. But, like, two or three of those days. But for the most part, I was like, didn't want to, like, be negative because being negative, there's no point in being negative. Like, you can't heal. Like, there's proven things that if you're positive, it releases certain chemicals and stuff in your body that actually kind of helps you heal a little bit faster is what I was told. It could be full bullshit, but, um, <laughs> but just, yeah, just being positive. I was like, it is what it is. It happened. I can't do anything about it now. So, you know, I might as well just try to come back stronger and, you know, get back. And, uh, so I was, on All right, I gotta list. ask, I gotta ask what, uh, so there was a bunch of, not a bunch, but some articles came out and they're like, oh, you know, Gates was close to getting his leg amputated. Were you were you ever like, were they ever like this, we're going to have to amputate this thing? Or is that just kind of blown No, up? they never said they had to amputate. It kind of blown up a little bit. But there I, was knew, like, I knew it. There, no, no, there, there, was still, there was still like a possibility, like a slim possibility right, yeah, that they could have yeah. had to do it. But right. it was like for like about 30 minutes and then they're like, oh, you're good. Like, no. Right. So it was a quick one. It kind of got blown up a little bit. I got, I got told was, that it was supposed it to sounds, be on the hip. Just cut it off. Just cut it off. Just cut it off. I'm done. Out here. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's inside joke uh, between us. Um, that's but, um, yeah, so where was I at? Memory. We're talking yeah, about My memory is starting to go. Yeah, rehab process. You know, thumps to my head aren't taking me. Taking a toll on me. Um, <laughs> but the rehab process, so I uh, started on the pup list and started the year on that. And then uh, after about four weeks, they could uh, get you to come like prefer you to come back to play. So then you have three weeks of practice. So that took me to week seven. And then week eight, I uh, made my first uh, first game back, which was 410 days exactly from when I got hurt to being back on the field. So, which I think, looking back, I think it's kind of quick. Usually nobody thought I was going to get back that second year and be able to, you know, play meaningful snaps. So it was uh, it was cool to be able to do that. So You're the so one that was cool. telling me. You're like, oh, I'm going to be playing this next year. I was like, Jesus, Gates. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like buddy, I mean, you could take two if you want to take two. But you're like, no, I'm playing this next year. And you yeah, came out there and you showed up, showed up and showed out. Yeah, I played it. I played all right. I played. I did my job. I wouldn't say I played good. I played good enough. So humble. I don't know. It wasn't. Look pretty. how humble no, this man I, is. I had good snaps, but there was other times I got looked. I got embarrassed. But I guess everybody. I mean, there's those. Those everybody has those. But I remember. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that's my that's my story. The last injury. I mean, yeah. So I got. Was, it, was there any time that you were like out on the field and you ever thought like when you were back at practice? And I know that was a long rehab, but was there ever a time that you were kind of thinking about, man, I don't know that I truly trust or had you built it up enough that you had had enough strength that you were, were does there ever any, any doubt in your mind when you were like buckled up and, and with the team? After my first practice, I knew the minute I stepped on that, that week, week after week four, I stepped on the field that first time I knew I could play again. So up until that point, I had zero clue if I was going to be able to play again, right. like zero clue. I mean, cool. I talked to both these guys. Like, mm. I wasn't sure they were coming some of the times, but I didn't want to like, get too far ahead of myself and like, oh yeah, I'm coming back for sure. This now that I can actually come back and I can't play. You know what I mean? So I was more just trying to like, you know, play both sides of it, be positive. But yeah, no, there was never really a yeah, no. They needed the superstar out there, right? <laughs> they they needed Gates. Start that. Here we go. Gates. 
they need a superstar Gates back out there. Yeah, and he, uh, he showed up, showed out, put the cape back on. I did good enough job. It was, it was good enough. <laughs> oh man, hey guys, um, if you guys were to talk to the young guys coming up, the next generation coming up, uh, what piece would you guys give to them? Right? What would you guys say? Uh, you need to instill this into your workout, your, like your workouts, your mindset. What what would be like that one little nugget that you feel like the young guys need to hear? I think uh, I, mean, I think finish. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad. Like I think if you just have some kind of finish to your game, it it just has coaches look at you. I feel like it just knows that you love playing the game and you want to play the game the way it should be played again. I don't know. I feel like that's attractive to coaches and that's like just being able to finish. It doesn't mean finish your guy in the dirt or it means running after the ball. The, the, the right receiver catches the ball. They're, you know, they're kind of up and you running after the ball to go try to get another hit on DB and things like that. That's what I mean by finish. I think that that stands out a lot. And if you do one thing in your game, it'd be, you know, just to, to kind of finish and get, you know, just do anything to kind of stand out in that aspect. Definitely. Goalie. I think just just embrace the grind, man. I mean, um, just day in and day out, just embrace the grind, embrace the suck. I mean, you kind of hear that all the time. Again, it's kind of cliche, but I don't know. I just think that, you know, the more that you can just embrace it, because I remember I remember getting there when I was a freshman and I was like, you know, we like like we're waking up, you know, for for Dobson's strength and conditioning. Robbers, baby. GF5 five oh, in the morning. Drive or drive. Walking no, over. Field at 515. Walking over. Walking over or riding your bike over from Pound Hall, just like five in the, the middle morning. of winter. It is zero degrees. What am I? You're what am I doing? But just like, Why did I decide this? Like, what am but, I? I want to quit. Yeah. <laughs> you I never just, do. You I never do. Just, I would just say embrace that, man, like because I look back on it. I was like, I would give so much to go back just one more time and, and be up at 5, 5 a.m. And, and run it again with the boys. I mean, I wouldn't a heartbeat. And so I would just, 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 just yeah, embrace it all and um, just don't think too far ahead. Just 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 be in the moment, man. Just just embrace it. Yeah, completely. I mean, I the finish aspect, embracing it, That I, I think that's – both of those things tie together to be able to understand how much you love the game, right? If you don't love the game, then you're not going to be the guy that's racing down the field to, to pick up your wide receiver after he just, you know, caught a 60 yard bomb and people are like, how did that guy even get there? Right. He was supposed to be blocking. How do you, how did he find himself be the first dude to touch uh, his wide receiver, give him the handout, uh, being able to embrace the game, being able to understand like, you know, the, the time that you have on that field is limited. For all the high schoolers that are out there, you got to love the game and love the guys around you. Uh, I think we all understand that. And definitely when you get to the college level, uh, that's one thing with the, the NIL that I think is a little different just because there there's so many or NIL uh, more of the transfer portal. It's uh, it's different because there are a lot of there are a lot of transferees that are moving places, moving all over the board. And I just don't think they, they get the, the brotherhood and the same kind of feel just because you don't get to stay with that same crew your, your, your whole time. And um, I, I wouldn't change a thing. I, I love the guys that I got, the relationships that I've built. Jaime, uh, what would you say? How do you feel about that? Well, I think one of the things that's really cool is, is I've been involved with leagues. Um, you know, we, I think we had a pretty special group when I was coaching you in Tampa in XFL 2.0. And I think now coaching, 
in the third XFL now. We're in the middle of training camp. And it's just like I was just down at dinner with the guys and I'm sitting with a couple of them and they're talking about, hey, what, you know, what's your favorite what's your favorite pie or what's your favorite cake or, you know, what's your milkshake, what's your go-to dessert. And it's like fat boy stuff. Exactly. (laughs) It's like those conversations, no other position knows. They can't even have those conversations about talking about, Hey, what, what's your favorite fast food or what's your go-to when you go down to Florida or when you're in Texas, like building that camaraderie, it's so much more than what you do in a meeting room and, and on the field like embracing the suck Cole, you talk about it. Like you never know what ticks in a guy until you suffer together, but it's the bus rides, it's the locker room. And that's the fix that I love coaching. I've been doing for 20 plus years. And when you're done playing in the business world or when you're outside doing something else, you don't get that relationship. You don't, no one, no one shows themselves. No one's authentic other than when you're playing ball. And, but you also, you can't hide in the locker room. You can't hide out on the field. Like you are who you are. You need to be the dude that's going to be there at five fifteen in the, in the world of suck workouts. Like that's just part of the deal. You need to build the trust and the relationship. And I think the thing, Gerald, that you brought up, the thing that, that I love about the game is playing offensive line. You brought up the point of being downfield and picking guys up. I always talk about having the first meaningful touch when you're an offensive lineman. You know, whether you're in pass pro and you're throwing hands and you're putting the first meaningful touch on a pass pro on a punch, or if you're the first one to strike in a run game. But if you get that first meaningful touch and you're the first guy down the field picking that receiver up, or if you're putting your hand out and you're helping the QB up or the running back, like when they lock when they lock eyes with you and you know that that you got their back and they know that you got yours, that you got theirs, like that bond, that relationship. There ain't anything like it outside of football. And uh, that's one of the things that just you miss and you want to be around. And that's why it's cool to just see you guys talking ball and the stories and the times that you had together. And and it may not always be the championships and the trophies and the bowl games and the, you know, it's it's the six A, it's the five fifteen workouts. It's the high school recruiting. We've been many of those, so that's why. But. Right. <laughs> Maybe Sorry. you wouldn't have so many coaches if you would have had a couple more balls. I was about to say, I was hey. like, he's talking about the, the championships. I was like, yeah, yeah okay. Hey. Yeah, no, not that aspect. Just, uh, hey, just hey same shitty, thing with me. Stuff. Hey, same thing with me. Like, I was at USC, and we're like, hey, we're winning Rose Bowls. In my last two years, we go six and six, and it was after Coach Riley left. And then that doesn't fly when you don't beat Notre Dame and UCLA when you go to USC. And it's like, Gates, you came from a winning, a perennial winning high school program. I mean, Bishop Gorman, y'all rolled people. Like, people don't even want to play you guys in high school. And then you go from being at an environment like that to then you go to Nebraska and you guys had to fight and scratch and claw and you didn't have the success that maybe you wanted with, what, 30 offers? Man, I mean, you've had to you've had to go through the whole gamut, the highs and the lows of it. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Going from Gorman, I like I lost like six games in my whole career in high school. Four or six or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was hard life to get used to after you start stop winning. So, but this is the first year I've won, been on a winning team. Like, eh, I guess we won one year in college, but like this is the first year I've like won since that year. And, and you know, I've been fifth year in the league, and I was like what three years in Nebraska. We just were not. Not very good. So, 
Well, at least you're doing yeah. good now. <laughs> at, least, at least, yeah, yeah, we made big steps this year. We made the playoffs, and that's huge. So we still got a lot of, a lot of stuff we got to deal with and get back to the building box. So I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not. Uh, first time I've been jobless before. Um, I'm actually not in the contract with Giants anymore. We still have till March, but first time I'm gonna be a free agent. So hopefully I can get back with them and you know sign back with the guys. I really want to be there. Um, like the coaching staff and like those. Uh, guys and I would really like to just be uh, with one team my whole career which I think doesn't happen very often anymore so yeah like when you just say like oh, I played eight years with the Giants it sounds pretty good so shout out to the Giants uh oh, yeah. <laughs> show up show out right <clears throat> man yeah. uh what is all going on uh with the NFC East you guys are all killing it Kill yeah, it. but two hey, two years ago we were not killing it. I'll tell you that. It's like <laughs> and the NFC usually has at least one or two teams that are the playoff teams usually every year. So, but like yeah, we have our ups and downs. The NFL in general this year, just about, it was, I don't know, it was just kind of weird. I think there was only like one or two teams that were juggernauts, and then kind of the rest of them like anybody could get beat this year. Like anybody could be anybody. And I mean, there's always those two, three at the bottom, two, three at the top, and then. I feel like that the gap, like there wasn't as big of a gap between everybody. Like anybody on any given Sunday, I know it's everybody said like this year it seemed like anybody could show up and beat anybody this year. So it was it was weird. People would get hot, go on five game win streaks and go on, you know, five game losing streaks. Like it was it was just weird this year. People weird. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, it what, looks what's like the vibe? hey, real quick, what's the vibe on Nebraska right now? Like, how are you guys <laughs> feeling? What do you hear about the news? Coach oh, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's oh, go. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. You guys all in? You fired up? I'm, I'm all in. Why not? Why not? It's it's one of the – the we've – what is this? Coach four in the last 15 years, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you want – you really want to see Nebraska do well. Uh, we're program, thinking the same thing. Our program, it's a historic program. We got all of the uh, facilities, everything getting all fixed up. We just uh, supposed to be in like June. We're supposed to finish this like $150 million add-on to the stadium. Uh, we got it all for that uh, that side. Now it's about being able to get out on the field and show up and show out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been patient for, for what they could be. Uh, I'm trying to be nice to the Nebraska fans because – God bless. Some days they were they were different, different kind of. They have different. They just, they think football is the same as it was back in the nineties. Football is totally different. They need to. I get they want that product back out there, but it is not the same ball game or the same time or era anymore. So like, Gase is gonna he's gonna piss off all these old Nebraska fans. They're never right, they gonna watch this like podcast me, so. again. They already don't like me. It's all right. <laughs> hey, but seriously, like, do you, I mean, the game has changed. College football, like. People can be – you can have a whole new roster in a year with oh, yeah. with the ability for guys to transfer. Like, all it takes they is had, a couple what, of guys. 1,300 kids this year in the transfer portal, right? Or is it like 1,600? Something crazy. That's crazy. That's, insane. That's just insane to me. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't – there's got to be some sort of – Money. I, I guess, but, like, there's got to be some sort of – they got to regulate it somehow – I don't know where you put regulations. Yeah, 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 there's no way how. Like how? How do you put a regulation? Somebody's likeness and image. Like that's that's their brand. Like it's like putting a limitation on Nike. Like just because that's their brand. Like you know what I mean? 
But it's like, you know, every you year. You cap somebody that making that much money, it's like capping some of the NFL. Like, these quarterbacks, some of these quarterbacks are making $50 million and some guys are making 700 Like, Yeah, but some in, in the NFL, you know, it's different. Like, you can't be an unrestricted free agent every year like some of these guys that just hop yeah. into the portal, you know, and just take yeah, some you. you know, it's just, I don't know. It's yeah. crazy, crazy times. But oh, you 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 were kind of the the walk on guy that that born and bred Nebraska, like bleed it through and through. Like mm-hmm. you're coming from more of the general landscape of the population of the fan base. Like, what's the take from somebody that like is seeing it from where you guys were to what the game is now? You're like, hey. Sh- Go ahead, throw money at them. Get all the best available and go bring whatever you can in because we want to win. Or are you, hey, let's just keep it tradition. Like let's let's keep it the way yeah. it was. Let's build it back. Let's do it with, uh, you know, with continuity on the roster. Or you're like, whatever, man. Let's win. Let's get this done now. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's you know, obviously, I, I want to say you know, you know, keep the keep the tradition and 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 do things you know the right way but at the same time obviously you know like we've been saying times are changing um you know and i don't i i my fear is you know if if we don't if we don't change with these times you know we could just be left in the dust and get in a real bad spot you know so it's i don't know where do you it, you, you got to kind of just find that happy medium i guess you know between you know keeping kind of the the traditional you know walk on guys where but then go out and try to get some some guys like everybody else is doing. So try to, you know, like I said, find that happy medium, that gray area as best you can and just go with it, I guess. Yeah, traditional hasn't worked, though. They've tried doing that the last, what, since the 90s, 20, 2023 now. It <laughs> hasn't worked yet. Yeah, so, well, yeah. They have, hey, trust me, there's enough farm money and enough booster money there. They could throw out some money. It's just hard to get people in Nebraska. Like, I mean. That could be tough to get a Florida kid to go to Nebraska. Like, you know, I guess. Wants to go and sit in the snow. Throw some money at him. Let's go. Get him there. Like, hey, well, if, pe- if people all of a sudden want to go to Colorado, right, the new hot thing, we're going to go play for Coach Prime. Like, for right sure. now, he can do no wrong. For right? sure. Because they, they he can't played, at all. They haven't, they haven't played a freaking game yet, and everybody's, like, anointing them, and all these kids are following. If you can do it to Colorado, is there any reason you can't do whatever – you know, Coach Rule's trying to do it in Nebraska right now in Lincoln, or is it like two completely different ends of the spectrum? I don't think – who cares? Coach Prime's different, though. There's some different – he's a different – I don't think it's years. about – I don't think it's about where – like, honestly, Alabama, like, it's not really that great, is it? I mean, there's <laughs> hell down there, a right? Guy, I mean, a guy born in Alabama, that hurts. Yeah, no, like, there ain't that Well, you know what I'm there. trying to say? You're completely you're right. SEC, though. Like, you could put the – you can put Alabama in the middle of the Antarctica. They're good at football. They're That's what I'm saying. It's not, about, it's, it's not about where you're at, you know, yeah, location wise. You know, it's it's about, you know, the culture that you've, you know, kind of created and, and who you're playing for nowadays, honestly. People don't really give a damn. It's just, you know, who's there and what's the kind of fast track my way to, to – get my name out there and be big time and win championships. You know, it's just kind of that whole deal, kind of the whole culture nowadays. If Matt Rule can come in and win games, I feel comfortable for the university. We just got to start winning games and find ourselves on top again. So it comes down we to get you. the fans again on too. If he can just win some ball games, just so he can win consistently, he'll be a hero here. This this place yeah. needs somebody. Like Definitely. They're just fiending. They're fiending for somebody just to come in and change the way. 100%. They're I mean, like fiending. It's crazy. 
It's it's Nebraska football is at a weird place. I mean, I've never. I mean, I've never seen it in my lifetime. My dad, you know, my dad is you know older, older, older guy, and he's you know, I mean, he's he's seen the ups and downs, been through the glory days, and it's just like we've talked about. It, it's just in a weird spot right now, like almost you know, kind of in shambles. I mean, I mean, can we ever, you know, can you ever really? my lifetime i haven't seen it where we haven't been in a bowl game for the past however many years you know what is it we're coming up on almost six years not yeah something like that i mean that's 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 hasn't been a, a gap like this since you, you know that big ass banner we used to look at yeah all crazy. the conference championships there was never like a big gap it was, there was always something you know i mean so, so. I, I remember like to me when i was playing in high school i came out i, I played my high school ball in southern california and I played in an all-star game with uh, with the man, the myth, the legend, Lawrence Phillips, um, back back in the day. And uh, LP was one of the most violent runners that I've ever been around. And um, he was a guy that just like was so hard for people to tackle. He just ran with that type of attitude. And and you know, I know there's a lot of people that that look at beyond the football spectrum part of it, but he was a guy that that nobody wanted to tackle. And, you know, there's some great Nebraska players in the past. And, Gerald, I don't know, they're probably calling you for some donations here to, to bring you back and, you know, <laughs> yeah, start, no. start leading that start leading that NIL charge with, with some of that foster money coming back into the program. Um, we're going we're gonna to need that Gates money if we're going to be talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm broke. I'm broke. <laughs> if I'm Gates broke is broke, then I'm on the streets. <laughs> I, I, I am this this behind me this is just the back of somebody else's house i've set this up <laughs> green screen you found a little green wall it's a green screen bro. <laughs> oh man uh, yeah no and we'll, nah, we'll see hopefully matt rules our guy it seems like he's doing a good job kind of bringing bringing you know optimism back i think they start i think they go up to boulder and playing against colorado that's a good that's a good rivalry game that they've probably lost i mean that that thing hasn't happened with the changes in in um in the conferences with colorado going to the pac 12 i mean that's a that's a game that was always one that people would tune into they'd want to see and you guys probably you know would like to see them start off the right way so it'll be fun to watch and see where college football goes like SC, my alma mater, they were struggling. All of a sudden, they get uh, they get Lincoln Riley, and uh, they pull in a bunch of transfers. They're in the they're in the landscape, and then they get thumped in the uh, bowl game against Tulane, and they're we're right back to square one. So it, every week, anything can happen in college ball. That's what's going to be exciting. That's what's going to be exciting about this next year. I guess for for us to be able to wrap this thing up, uh, I would say <clears throat> if you guys uh, have. I guess one last thing I, I've already asked for the one little nugget, but the one last thing you guys want to say uh, about five is one about the, the great uh, co host that you guys got here. What would you want to say to us? I think it's cool. I think this is, this is really awesome that you guys are doing this just to spread the, spread the word, um, you know, about offensive line. I think that, you know, obviously, you know, offensive line gets overlooked a lot. Right. Um, and it's just, not a dying breed, but it's just like, like I said, you get, you get overlooked. Um, and it's nice to, to, to talk about offensive line play and, and have guys, you know, that have done it and talk about it and just kind of bring it up, bring it to light and, uh, you know, make it look cool in a way, um, and kind of carry on, you know, some of the, 
traditions of offensive line play. I think that's awesome. Yeah, no, let's see. I think it's good. Whatever Cole, what Cole said. So <laughs> you know, he kind of he took what I was about to say. So I'm like, I can't come up with anything else. That's why, hey, I had to go. That's why I had to go first. That's yeah, why like, Cole, Cole just jumped in there. He's like, hey, uh, so let me go ahead and throw oh, this in. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for uh, coming on. This has been a whole lot of fun. And with that being said, uh, Jaime, you want to wrap this thing up? Yeah, guys, Cole, it's 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 awesome to meet you guys, Nick. It's great that you guys can spend some time with us. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Cole, you said make an offensive line look cool. So I think there's no better way than to get on the five as one shop, get you some gear. Uh, I know, Nick, there might have been some stuff coming out your way to uh, to, to yeah. the Giants this year. Yeah, I have it in my lock. I meant to grab it to come home with I missed it i'm sorry that's okay man but you know when when it gets uh when it gets time for training camp it might be time maybe that whatever that uh hopefully you're back in new york but wherever you're at maybe 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 the new rookie has to buy a care package for for the o-line and uh gear the boys up but um gerald's repping some of the uh some of the gear and uh, we've got some we got some hats and beanies we got a new hat coming out i got the first prototype for the uh fist logo and it's all about uh, five guys acting as one. There it is. Right. Gerald's flossing the flat bill. Got so, it. Got to throw it on. Show up, show up, right? But, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, please like, subscribe, and, and give us your, your comments, your questions on the pod. Um, let us know what you like, what you don't like, and uh, we may take it into consideration or we may just dump it in the suggestion box at the uh, in the trash can there. But, guys, <laughs> it's awesome to have you on. Um, please jump on the uh, on the website, follow our training. Gerald's doing some great training for for young junior high and high school kids in Colorado. We've got training going on in in California right now. And uh, we're we're excited to see where this thing grows. It's all about the big boys up front. It ain't just seven on seven ball. It's about getting down and dirty with the with the big boys up front. And uh, with that being said, we appreciate you guys being on. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Take your skills and development to the next level at Fix Sports Training, Colorado's premier training center. At Fix, they train and treat athletes from every sport and skill level. They have trained athletes as young as 10 years old to high school to professionals and even Olympic athletes. Their trademark training platform optimizes athletes' neuromuscular efficiency in order to maximize athletes' performance and strength and conditioning and speed and agility. The facilities at FIX include a full athletic training room to treat athletes with infrared light, electrical muscle stimulation, hot and cold modalities, compression therapy, and muscle activation techniques. This winter, they're running their winter solstice lifting program with an emphasis on strength and hypertrophy. Call FIX today and set up your personalized performance assessment. Area code 719-646-9891. Again, area code 719-646-9891.